and just the encouragement, like, like you don't have to be a pastor to disciple people. Hey there, welcome back to the Bible Study Discussion Podcast. My name is Wayne. I am here with my wonderful co-host, Annabelle. I'm Annabelle. She's Annabelle. And today we're going to get into Philippians chapter 3. Annabelle, would you pray as we get started? God, I just lift up this time to you. I just pray that we would just um, enjoy and dig deeper and just uh, find what you need us to find in your word and that we would be able to just have a good conversation today. Amen. Amen. All right. Verse 1. In addition, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a safeguard for you. Usually we do more than a verse, but this time the verse was the paragraph. And there's there's just a sentence or two here. Um, but I love that Paul is taking the time. He's about in the middle of his letter to just say, rejoice in the Lord. And then to say that, that to remind you is no trouble for him. It's a safeguard for you. I think sometimes... As we walk with Jesus, we've heard things so many times that we don't take time to think about them. But Paul is is writing to these Philippians and he says, hey, rejoice in the Lord. And like it's it's a reminder. I know you know this, but I need you to remember this. Have you ever forgotten something you know? No. Okay, because I have. So it's good to be reminded. And here's my question for you. What has the Lord done that you can rejoice in? Um... Everything that I get to do at the church. Everything that you get to the church. So youth, writing club, uh, youth worship team, children's ministry. yeah, All that good stuff. So I think it's great to look for things that God has done in our lives, like God has provided for us financially time and time again, um, but also to look at what God has done in the past. So when God brought his people out of slavery in Egypt, when God provided for them in the desert, even when they weren't following him or seeking him, but to, to look at what the Lord has done, to be able to rejoice and find joy in remembering the good things that God has done, both in our lives and in the lives of God's people throughout history. Mm-hmm. Anything else before we move on? Yes. All right, hit it. I have, in verse one, he said that he like will like rewrite things, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing, yes, but it's also really hard to read the same thing over and over and over again. Mm, it can so. be. Like in Psalm 136, the second half of every verse is his faithful love endures forever. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, yeah, we know. Yeah. But then sometimes when uh, I, I paraphrase that when I walk and pray in the mornings, and sometimes it's like 20 or 22 times into saying that, that I really trust and believe that God's faithful love endures forever. And right. that And that, that will affect and impact my day going forward. So it can be hard to read the same thing over and over, like rejoice later in one of Paul's letters. It might be in this one. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Just that reminder of something that we know, but we need to be reminded to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you like to read verses two through six, please? Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, who we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on law, faultless. Faultless. So this is Paul 
And he's saying, watch out for, for these people who are saying you have to be circumcised to be a follower of Christ. Circumcision was a sign of the Jewish faith. And there were those that were saying you absolutely need to be circumcised in order to be part of uh, the body of Christ. And, and Paul is refuting that. Uh, what do you what do you think about these verses? Well, I like verse two that says, watch out for the dogs, the evildoers, the mutilators of the flesh. It's just kind of like warning us mm. to watch out for those people. And I really like that he compared them to dogs. And in the commentary that I read, he talked about the fact that he compared them to dogs and there was some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, dogs weren't really uh, highly thought of, especially in Jewish culture. They were mm-hmm. kind of an unclean animal and uh, sometimes pets and sometimes guard dogs. And um, out of uh, verse three in the New Living Translation says, For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. And it's not, it's not in our works. It's not in earning or being good enough for Christ to live in us for that relationship. Um, but it's just relying on what Christ has done for us. And I love Paul's reminder uh, to the churches in Philippi about that. And and these these dogs that Paul's telling them to watch out for were uh, people of the Jewish faith. And, and Paul's letting them know here when he talks about who he is and what he's done, that he's not an outcast from Jewish society or that he wasn't a good Jew to start with, but he was, he was circumcised on the eighth day. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin was the youngest son of Jacob slash Israel uh, of his wife, Rachel, the wife that he loved more dearly. And, and Paul is like, this is who I was in the flesh, but that's not what matters. What matters is I rely on Christ Jesus. And that's why it gets me the relationship with God that I have. Yep. So I read verses 7 to 11. In a minute, I have okay. a question. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what Paul is talking about when he talks about having confidence in the flesh. But is he talking about having confidence in the flesh? Because, like, why would he be talking about that, though? Why would he? So where does it say confidence in the flesh? If someone okay. else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. He's just kind of talking about so, all that. So the Jewish people were saying you have to be physically circumcised. In order to be part of this new faith in Jesus, which has come through Judaism and into Christianity. And and Paul's saying, you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to mutilate your body. It's not about following the rules. It's about the work of Christ and what he's done in us. So Paul's saying, the works of the flesh don't matter. It's it's fully relying on what Christ has done for us. But then to, to show them who he is, Paul says, but if. Like if anybody can have confidence in the flesh, like I was, I was a Pharisee, which were the strictest adherents of the law. So like if the law could save you, like I would have been there. Like I would have been doing better than all of you at the law saving you. But that's not what it's about. But he's just, he's saying that's not what it's about. Then he's telling them like, but like, hey, if, if, if it was about that, I would be doing better than you are at that part. But that's not what it's about. But he's just showing kind of his pedigree and who he, who he is to be able to have this argument or this conversation with them. All right. Verse seven. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as done so that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection 
and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Any thoughts from those those few verses? Thoughts or questions? Mm, no. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, so verse 7, I have considered all that to be lost because of Christ. It's saying that Christ is better than anything that we have to give up to follow Christ. Like, free gift of salvation, like, we don't earn it, but as we choose to follow Christ, there are things that we will give up, uh, selfish desires, things that we would want to do that we will give up. But that reminder that what we gain in following Christ, that eternal relationship with God, is is of much greater value than anything that we would give up. Um, Paul says he gave this up to gain Christ uh, through the faith in Christ. Um, and then verse 10, he says, my, my goal is to know him. And the New Living Translation says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. And again, we mentioned earlier where Paul talked about um, being united in Christ, but also being united in the suffering of Christ. And and like Paul is, is in prison, but still desires to suffer with and for Christ so that he can know Christ in that aspect of his life too. And it's not very often that I thought, you know what, I I would like to suffer more so right. that I can yeah. understand Christ's suffering. Isn't that usually what we think about? No, but Paul, that is part of part of becoming like Christ is is knowing that we will have that suffering. And then uh, to know Christ. Uh, Exodus 33, 13 says, Now if I have indeed found favor with you, please teach me your ways, and I will know you so that I may find favor with you. Now consider that this nation is your people. This is Moses crying out. This is this hope to know God more. So here's a question. What are some ways that we can know God more? Mm, choosing to spend time with him. Choosing like, to spend time with him. Whatever that looks like. Music, reading a, like a Christian book, reading the Bible, going for a walk and like looking at everything that he's created and all mm -hmm. that good stuff or like spending time with people like that are Christians yep. and love Jesus. I think all those are very good. I think sometimes too, well. we like, we don't want to give the Sunday school answers, but sometimes the Sunday school answers are the right answers, yeah. right? Like spending, yeah. choosing to spend time in prayer, not just knowing that we should pray or that we can't pray, but choosing to spend time in prayer, choosing to spend time in God's word, whether that's reading or listening, studying. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually, it's it's February 6th as we record this, and I have missed one day of my listen to the Bible in a year plan, and I made it up the next day. It's so like, I'm I'm caught up with listening to the Bible in a year, which for me is easier than reading the Bible in a year, because I do it on my walk and pray in the morning. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, praying, listening, um, time of fellow believers, time in church, learning from his word and worshiping together through song are all ways that we can know and experience God more in our lives. Mm -hmm. uh, go ahead. You listen to it on the Bible app with the Bible plans? What do uh, you listen to it on? I listen to it uh, on Audible with there's a New Living Translation Bible in a Year plan. And it's an awful <gasps> audio Bible for anything else because oh, it's only that. broken up into the days. So there's Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs. Like, you can't listen to Matthew in this audio Bible because it's broken up by days. Um, but my favorite audio Bible is... Shh, I was going to tell him in a different video. Oh. Forget what she said, <laughs> but it's true. Uh, all right, do you want to read verses 12 through 16 for us? Sure. Thank you. You can cut that out if you want to. I might. 
Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some at on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. I love that Paul, who when he's writing, this is writing what will become part of Scripture. Did um, he know that? I, I don't know how much he knew of that. Um, because like he wrote multiple letters to Corinthians and we have two of them that we kept in scripture and some that we didn't keep in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know that Paul knew that what he was writing would be paired with the old Testament scriptures and be, uh, the Christian's Bible. This um, is the new Testament. This is the new Testament. You said old Testament scripture. This is, this is paired with the old Testament scripture. Oh, like oh, what oh, Paul oh. wrote is put with old Testament to be all of our scripture. Got it. Um, But Paul at this time says, not that I've achieved the goal, not that I'm perfect, not that I'm there. Like he was still growing and becoming more like Christ. I think sometimes if we've been following Jesus for quite a while, uh, such as myself, I'm a little older than thee. Um, I hope so. (laughs) There can be a temptation to feel like, well, this is as close to God as I'll get. You know, I know as much Bible as I need to, but like, I can always grow closer to God. I can always know more about and know more, um, know God and know Jesus better. Mm -hmm. Um, So to be willing to say, hey, I'm learning at this. Why don't you come learn with me? Like, I love that attitude. I love that attitude in teachers. There's some teachers who I think are really, really smart. And they come across as knowing they're really, really smart. And mm. arrogant. Yeah. And um, those aren't my favorite kind of teachers. But, mm-hmm. like, uh, you've seen Bible Project videos? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Mackey, very, very smart. Reads a lot of things. Knows a lot of things. But he comes across, even I've watched some of his, like, sermons or his teachings, like, incredibly smart man. But he comes across as humble and learning and sharing what he's learning. Not, I know the right way. Right, um, right, right, right. So right, I, love, right. I love where Paul's like, hey, I'm following Christ. I'm not there. But this is where I'm going. Yep. Um, and then, man, in verse, he talks about forgetting what lays behind. And I don't think, like, we're not supposed to forget all of the past. We need to remember the things that God has done, the things that he's brought us through that we can share as part of our story, but that our focus as we follow Christ is to what's ahead, which is uh, eternity with Christ. And and what we're striving for is that relationship with him. So I think some people will see this and like, that's why you don't, you don't never think about the past. But I don't think Paul's telling us to not never think about the past. I think he's just saying, as we follow Christ, our focus is what's to come. Like we we can talk about and we can think about what God has done for us. We're supposed to work command in Scripture to remember what God has done for us. And like things that I've walked through, I can I can share with others and it can help them in seasons. But the the focus and the dwelling shouldn't be on who I was, but who I'm becoming in Christ. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. I fusion a couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Uh, Brett Hollis. He did some really good fireside sermons. He did, yeah. He, fusion he, he talked about, about our past and our present, present and our future. In the future, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was. Um, I think that sometimes we think, 
or we can't think it's our job to change people's minds. We've talked about how we can have unity without uniformity. Like I can hang out with uh, believers who might not believe the exact same details of our theology with me. Mm-hmm. I love verse 15 where Paul says that all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. So at this point, Paul's like, I don't need to argue with you about every little thing. <laughs> but God, as you follow Christ, as you are discipled by Jesus and by others, as you become more like Christ and more sanctified, like God will work those things out in you. Sometimes we, um, like, especially I've been a youth pastor and working with students, like you want to change their minds right now. You're like, this is actually not true what you believe. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you the absolute truth and you need to believe that right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the power to make people believe things. I can share my insights. I can share my point of view, but then I need to be able to leave it to God to change their minds as they grow in their relationship with God. God will show them the truth. And mm-hmm. in verse 16, uh, to walk in the truth that we've attained. I just, I do love reminders that this is a, a process. This is something we're continually working towards being like Christ. Um, we're not there. Paul says he's not there, but we're supposed to walk in that truth. Yep. Any other thoughts or questions from verses 12 to 16? Mm-hmm. That Paul is not a perfect example, but that he's still going. And we should too. That's, yeah. That was a cool verse. It is a really cool verse. I think that's great. Like when we think about our pastors, like mm-hmm. Pastor Josh, not perfect. But awesome. But awesome. Pastor Sky, not perfect. But awesome. Pastor Jesse, not perfect. But awesome. Allie, awesome. not perfect, but awesome. <laughs> yeah, these we we can have people in our lives who are following Christ who we know are human and know are perfect, who are still examples that we can model parts of our life after as we follow Christ. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I'll read and verse you too. Thank You're you. awesome too. Allie. <laughs> you punched me in the face. Well, I mean, I made you, but like you moved your hand a little bit. Verses 17 to 21. Join in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame, and they are focused on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. There was something just kind of for the chapter overall. I think it's probably in my commentary that said we need to be warned, not just comforted. So we Hmm. need to like... Be warned about like the wrong people or what's like not actually the truth or whatever. Not just like comforted about it. Not just like beating around the bush about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. And Paul's willing willing to do it. He's willing to tell people in his letters what they're doing well and things to watch out for. Things to be aware of. Um, in, in verse 18, in the New Living Translation, it says, For I have told you often before, and say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. And and Paul says with tears in his eyes because he's, he's likely saddened about the people who are claiming to be Christians who aren't showing it with their conduct. The, the words we say matter, but how we live and how we act shows people what we really believe he talks again about his citizen citizenship being in heaven and eagerly awaiting a savior from there um and being transformed 
our bodies being transformed to to the bodies that will have fortunity with Jesus. And we're talking about imitating Paul, and Paul says to, to imitate him and pay careful attention to those. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. And that's just, I love Paul saying, hey, I'm following Christ and learning to live more like Christ. Come along behind me and, and watch what I'm doing, and I'll, I'll help teach you what I'm learning, and, and follow me as I follow Christ. Like, it's not, like, I'm not the example. I'm not saying, hey, you all need to live like Wayne. I'm like, hey, the things you see in me that are following Christ, imitate those things. Like, you don't need to be me. Um, but the things that you see that are me honoring God and following Christ well, uh, imitate those things. I see that hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not even always the same. Like, following Christ doesn't always look the same for everybody. Yeah. I mean, the, the way that that's carried out, uh, our personalities and... Um, like who we are in our family, like all plays a role in that. Like there are some things that are always there as we follow Christ, laying down our own lives, uh, getting rid of sin, repenting for sin. Like there's 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 constants there as we follow Christ, but it will look different in everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Also, where'd you get that shirt with your initials? It's not for my initials. Oh. It's for Ann Wilson. Oh, you and Ann Wilson share initials. I know. I all just right. figured that out. Do you have a main takeaway, a main nugget from chapter three? Uh, probably just that we need to be concerned and warned and not just comforted and la do da day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we need to be aware of, of things going on to be warned about things that are not of Christ. Mm-hmm. And for me, really, it's just that, that imitating Paul as Paul imitates Christ, which technically, the, as I imitate Christ, is from 1 Corinthians 11. Um and just the encouragement, like, like you don't have to be a pastor to disciple people. Like in, in our church, there are middle school girls who look up to Annabelle Rosinski, and you have fun with them, and you hang out with them. But also, they see the way you live your life. They mm-hmm. see you playing drums and worshiping. Mm-hmm. Uh, before too long, they're going to probably see you teaching on a Wednesday night. Mm. So, like, like you don't have to be at a certain bar to be discipling people. Mm-hmm. To be uh, helping people live their life for Christ. It's not something that only adults can do. It's not something that only pastors can do. It's not something that only men can do. But anybody, as they follow Christ, can have somebody with them, come alongside them, and and can help be an example of what following Christ looks like for those people. So that's mine. All right, are you ready for a question from the cube? That you don't have? That I don't have. <laughs> Annabelle, question mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. What's the secret to staying young? Um, the tree in Tuck Everlasting. The tree in Tuck Everlasting. With the little pot. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird movie. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie, though. Mm-hmm. But not like healthy eating or exercise or... No, because you don't stay young. You just stay fit. There's a difference. That's true. But, also, stay, to, but to stay feeling young and healthy. Oh, that's not what it says. No, it's not. It's also, the fountain of youth in parts of the Caribbean would be right. helpful. <laughs> I guess the Eden tree in Dr. Doolittle is probably helpful. I don't know makes you young. It just makes you healthy. It's not young. It's just health. It's just a medicine. It's the same thing in um, Jungle Cruise. Right. The tree is a medicine. Okay. All right, yep. you, want, you want to ask me a question? No. Excellent. 
fashion trend what fashion trend you followed was very cool then but now looks ridiculous um <sighs> i don't know that it was a trend i was following but like in eighth through tenth ish grade i had hair that was uh fairly long in top that i wore in a ponytail and like this long on the sides uh to where like in eighth grade my basketball coach was like you can't wear a ponytail wayne i went to a small christian school i was like well if i don't wear a ponytail i can't see he said well you can cut your hair i said well i cannot play basketball um and then he let me wear a ponytail <laughs> um but yeah nice. that, that hairstyle is like i i would do it again but so it, corbin's hair kind of but shorter on the sides his is a little bit longer on the sides okay so mine, oh, was, okay. mine was like this on the sides like yeah. yeah, and then hair. Yeah, yep. okay. Yep. So yep. that. Um, no. I mean, I had corduroy pants. Mm -hmm. I don't ever. I don't think I thought they were cool. Uh, I just liked them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. We have mohawks in my school. We or just eight, some people have mohawks. a lot of boys in my school have mohawks. Yeah, mohawks yep. are uh, they're they're a thing. Um, you can let us know down in the comments below. Um, what fashion trend you followed that was cool but now might look ridiculous. Uh. If you have pictures, uh, DM me on Instagram and I would love to laugh at you. Uh, and I'll let you laugh at me as well. Um, Annabelle, can you send us out with a blessing? Mm -hmm. Now to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. Great work.